0: Welcome to the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast, your place for positive, uplifting messages of hope. To learn more about the church, feel free to drop by fredericksdachurch.org. In part two of this series, Thy Kingdom Come, Pastor Quintana challenges us to not live in complacency and become lukewarm, but rather to keep our hearts open to where God wants to lead us. It's good to see you all here. I see some new faces out there and I want to welcome you here this morning. If you're visiting um, with us online, a special welcome to you too. And I see some faces that I haven't seen in a few months and uh, please come see me afterwards because I definitely want to give you a hug and a kiss and and welcome you guys here. So uh, welcome. Um, For those of you that know, uh, perhaps you weren't here last week, Uh, we started a sermon series on the second coming, and uh, during these next messages, next few messages in the next few weeks, we're going to be like t- taking a, a, a close look, a hard look at His soon return. And we want to try and answer questions like how, when, uh, what's it going to look like, what can I expect. We're going to look at some um, prophecy in Daniel, and we're going to have a good time um, during these next few weeks as we look at the promise. Of his soon return. I want to remind you of just a couple things that I mentioned last week in the opening of this sermon series. And, and the first thing I want to remind you of, which I kind of alluded to in, in my prayer, is that all too often I've heard pastors use this teaching to try and scare you into the baptismal tank. Or try and scare you into a relationship with God, And that's not my intent. I, I don't want to do that. The Bible says that it's His love that woos us to Him. And it's by spending time with Him and getting to know Him that draws us to Him. The Bible is very clear that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. And in that relationship with him, we discover some very practical truths. We discover the indicators that are all around us of his soon return. And that shouldn't scare us. That shouldn't shouldn't make us live fearful lives. Because the Bible is very clear. That greater is he who is in you than is in the world. And as I will show you at the end of this message, he says... That he has already overcome the world. And so as we head into this sermon series. As we dive into this whole message of the second coming. We don't need to be fearful. We don't need to be afraid. Because we serve an awesome God. And we serve a God who will watch over us. We serve a God who will protect. We serve a God that will not allow anything to happen to you. That you cannot handle. The second thing I want to remind you of that we spoke a little bit of last week is that Jesus himself promised that he will come again. He promised himself. Now, I want you to picture this. I want you to picture the mouth that spoke the words that brought this universe into existence. The mouth that said, let there be light. And there was. The mouth that said, let the oceans be filled with creatures. Let the sky be filled with birds. Let the, let the ground be filled with animals. And he spoke those words and it happened. That same mouth spoke and said, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you differently. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. Not, I might come again. Not, I'll think about coming again. No. The God who with his words... Spoke into existence the universe that we live in. Spoke those very words and said, I will come again. So it's something that you can count on. It's something that you can take to the bank. You can be sure that Jesus will return to this earth. We're going to look at some indicators we're going to look this morning at some indicators that tell us that his return is imminent, That his return is soon. But before we go there, I want to make something very, very clear. And I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. I want to get this out of the way. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. I'm reading from the New King James Version This morning, Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 says this But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. It is important for us to recognize that of the day and hour, no one knows. And you know, people have made the mistake through history, right? That they want to pinpoint the day and the hour of his return. And, and, and here, even in Adventist history, 1844, the great disappointment, right? You might remember 2000, the year of 2000. And then once 2000 passed, oh no, really, it's 2004 because of, of some years that were lost in, in, in B.C. to A.D., And now, have you heard the latest one, 2012? Have you heard that one? Apparently, archaeologists have discovered some ancient writings from the Mayan temples that that say that in 2012, there's going to be some kind of catastrophe. And there are those going about saying that must be the year that Jesus Christ will return. Let me remind you, I don't know how it is that we we missed this verse It says here plainly, but of that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven. Think about that for one second. Not even the angels. You know, the angels that run to and fro between earth and the very throne of God. The ones who surround God himself. The ones who have interaction with him on a daily basis. The ones who understand the greater picture of what's going on. Not even the angels know when God will return. And think about the frustration that they might be living through. We're frustrated. How about them? Right? I mean, they understand the big picture. In their minds, it's a done deal. Case closed. God is right. Satan is wrong. I mean, every once in a while, we tend to to, to, to say, well, maybe God doesn't exist or maybe God doesn't know what he was talking about. We have the tendency to doubt God. But the angels who are in his presence, they know and yet they humbly accept the task that's been set before them. And they humbly accept God's will for their lives. And they, the angels, day in and day out obey God and they go about their business humbly obeying God and what God wants for their lives and they don't even know when this is going to occur but interestingly even though we don't know the day or the hour we haven't been left in the dark we haven't been left in the dark no Jesus Christ and, and, and the writers of scriptures has given us many, many indications that help us understand when the time of his arrival is near. Let me put it to you this way. Let's say that you are invited to a football game. And, the, and, and I see some thumbs up. Invited to a football game. And the guy who has the ticket says, you know what? I know... That there will be some jets that will fly over the stadium. And they will be trailing smoke of red, white, and blue. Now I don't know exactly when it's going to happen, he says. I don't know the exact minute and second. But I know that it's going to be during the opening ceremony. That's right, during the opening ceremony. When you hear the national anthem. When you see the fireworks going. When you see the people running off into the field with flags, you know that the jets, the fighter jets, are coming. And so here you are at the stadium. The national anthem is playing. You see the fireworks. People are running into the field with flags. And you say, ah, indicators that what? The fighter jets are coming. And the same is true with his return. He's given us indicators. And we're going to look at those indicators in just a a few moments. We're going to look at some of those indicators. Those indicators that tell us his return is soon. His return is imminent. Those fighter jets are, are upon us. I'd like for you to read verse 42 of chapter 24 verse 42 says watch therefore watch therefore for you do not know what hour your lord is coming he gives us advice he says listen you don't know when this day is going to be but my advice to you is watch watch for these indicators now the greek word here for watch literally means to be awake or to stay awake In other words, don't fall asleep. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean don't fall asleep, you know, to take rest, physical rest. Our health message teaches us that we need a good night's sleep to to be at our optimum, to perform at our best. This is talking about spiritually. Don't fall asleep spiritually. Stay awake. Be vigilant. Be sober. All through Scripture, we're given this advice to watch to, to be watchful, to be vigilant, to, to be sober. Don't be distracted. We may need to ask ourselves a very serious question of ourselves. We may need to ask ourselves, what is allowing me to sleep? What is it in my life that's distracting me? What, what is it that's keeping me from being vigilant, from being watchful, from, from, from being able to identify these indicators of his soon return. What is it? Is it a hobby? Is it the internet? Is it my space? What is it? Materialism? Possessions? What, what is it? That's keeping you from watching. From, from identifying these indicators. Of his soon return. It's a prayer that you. It's a simple prayer that you can pray in your quiet time with him and say, God, help me identify the things that are holding me back. Help me identify the things that, that are lawing me to sleep and be ready to hear from the Holy Spirit because he will convict you. He will speak to you. You may not like what you hear, but be of good courage and take courage in God and overcome those things. You know, before Heather and I went to Italy, we were told, be careful, pickpocketers. And not just in Italy. I don't want to single out Italy. I mean, really, anywhere you go in the world, there's the potential for people to pick your pockets or to pick, you know, your backpack or whatever. And, and what happens is, this is what we were told, what happens is that someone will come and they'll, they'll put something, they'll shove something in your face and say, here, read this or look at this. Or, or someone will distract you and start asking you questions all the while someone else is picking your pocket or going through your bag or, or stealing something from you. What are the distractions in your life? Ask yourself, what are the things that are keeping me away from identifying the, and, and recognizing these indicators of his soon return? It's time that you can spend alone with God. Time, it's a prayer, a simple prayer that you can ask. But let's look at some of these indicators now. We're going to stay in the book of Matthew chapter 24. I'd like for you to turn to Ma- just probably one page back to verse 3. Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. It says this. Now, as he sat... On the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? It's a pretty direct question from the disciples. Luckily for us, we get a pretty direct answer from Jesus. In verse 4, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. He starts off by saying, take heed. Take caution that no one deceive you. He says in verse 5, For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Many will come as Christ or in the name of Christ saying, I am Christ. And listen, if you don't believe that this is happening right now, I challenge you, go to the internet Go to a search engine, go to Google, and type in Jesus on earth. And you will see article after article. You will see video clip after video clip of people who claim to be Jesus, not only here in the States, but all around the world, of people who claim to be Jesus Christ here on earth. And Jesus starts off by saying, do not be be deceived. He says, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. He warns us again in verse 11. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Again in verse 24. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. One of these gentlemen... He has churches in in Miami, Florida. He was just recently on the Glenn Beck show. Did anyone see this? Did anyone get to see this interview? He says he's Jesus. And we sit here and we go, well, that's crazy. He can't be Jesus. But yet tens of thousands of people around the world follow this gentleman out of Miami, Florida. And Jesus says, do not be deceived. There will be many that will come and say, I am the Christ. There will be many false prophets that will arise. And this is the part that just gets me. In verse 24, how it says, these prophets, these Christs will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Not even our senses, And we will hear and we will see great signs and wonders. And some of us will be sucked into it. (laughs) Fire came down from heaven. It must be true. Well, apparently, the devil and his angels still have some way, some power to perform great signs and great wonders before us. If possible, so great to even deceive the elect. There will be false prophets. There will be false Christ. Now, starting next week, we're going to look at the manner in which Jesus Christ will come. So you don't want to miss next week. We will look at the manner in which Christ will come. But that's going to be next week. Today, we're simply looking at indicators of his soon return. Now, go back to verse 6 with me. Chapter 24, verse 6. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences or diseases. And earthquakes in various places. These are all indicators of his soon return. There will be false Christs and false prophets. There will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be famines. There will be pestilences. There will be earthquakes. And folks, all you have to do is turn on the news. All you have to do is open your eyes. And all these indicators are all around us worldwide. All of these indicators are happening all around us. All you have to do is open your eyes. Now, we've looked at indicators in the world. Let me show you an indicator within the church. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Here we have John the revelator. Revelation chapter 3, verse 15, it says, I know your works, now this is talking about the end time, church. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth, because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing." And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. The condition of the end time church is that huh, we don't need anything else. We've arrived. We're there. Now listen. That is not going to be us here. That is not going to be us. We will continue to strive For the righteousness of God. We will continue to strive. For the glory of God. We will not be lukewarm. And we will not be cold. We will continue to strive. For truth. In Christ Jesus. We as a church will continue to. To search the scriptures. For him to reveal himself to us. We as a church will continue to passionately pursue the Savior, our Savior, our Lord and Savior. But we will not fall in line with the rest of the church, with the church as a whole, that says, we have no need of anything. We have everything we need already. We're rich. We're wealthy. That's not going to be us. But here, we see an indication of what the church is going to look like at the end of time. And folks, when you look around, and I'm not just saying here in the Adventist church or worldwide Adventism, when you look in general, don't you see this complacency that has set in, that has crept into Christianity, into the Christian church, where people just kind of go about their own business, and they're Christians for one hour once a week, and that's it. And they go about their own business we see it. It is an indicator of the end of time. That's not going to be us, though, right? Can I hear an amen? amen? All right. Well, we've seen indicators of the world, what the world's going to look like. We see an indicator of what the end time church is going to look like. How about an indicator of individuals? What are individuals going to look like at the end of time? Well, turn with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, you're going to find that towards the end of the New Testament. 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting with verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting with verse 1. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boisters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. <laughs> Indicators of what people, remember, will be like at the end of time. Verse 3 again, unloving, unforgiving. Slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Perhaps you identified yourself in this list. Perhaps you're someone here today that you read through this along with me and you said, whoa, wait a second. I'm there. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Lovers of money rather than lovers of God. Boisters, proud, disobedient to parents. Whoa, wait a second. (laughs) Perhaps you're just now realizing I'm an indication of his soon return. But let me tell you something. If you're here today, what that means is that it's not too late. If you've identified yourself in this list, listen, it is not too late. The doors of the ark is still open. His arms are still wide open for you to come and to enter into that relationship with him. To enter into that covenant relationship with him. And little by little, through the renewing of the Holy Spirit in your life, whatever you might have identified there, he will convict you of and he will give you the power to overcome. It's not too late. We serve an awesome God who is still right now ready to accept you into the family of God and to give you the power and the strength that you need to overcome. We've looked at some indicators this morning. We've looked at indicators of the world. We've looked at indicators of of what the church is going to look like. We've looked at indicators of what people will look like at the end of time. And folks, you would have to be blind to not be able to realize that the national anthem is playing. That the fireworks are going off that people are running into the field with their flags his soon his return is very soon i'd like to finish by taking you back to matthew matthew chapter 24 go back there with me matthew chapter 24 Matthew chapter 24, verse 21. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been seen the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor shall ever be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh Would be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. You think that what we're going through right now is hard. It's only going to get worse, it's only going to intensify. He says that there is a time that is coming that will be so intense that unless those days were shortened, no one would be saved no one would be saved i say this to you because i have to be fair to the text i have to be fair to the word of god and this is what the word of god says i don't want you to leave this place fearful afraid uh, to to say i can't believe it i'm not going to make it no Because as I said at the beginning, greater is he who is in us than is in the world. And he, the God of the universe, the God who died on your behalf is the same God who is now ready and available to give you the strength, to give you the wisdom, to give you the direction that you need to make it through this time. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 16, John chapter 16, John chapter 16, verse 33, John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you that in in me you may have peace. I have spoken these things to you so that you can take peace in these things. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Praise God that he says, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Here's the deal. There are some serious times right on the horizon. There are some serious times right ahead. We will go through them. The question is, what side are you going to be on? Are you going to be on God's side? Are you going to be on his side who will give you the strength and the courage and the peace to make it through? Or will you decide to continue to follow the dictates of your own evil heart? Or to follow after the principles of the kingdom of the devil? Either way, we're going to go through it. But I ask you this morning, what does it profit a man? To gain the whole world and yet lose his soul. We have an opportunity this morning. We have an opportunity to join hands with Jesus Christ. To enter into that covenant relationship with him. And trust in him. This promise that he's given us will soon come to pass. He soon will return to this earth. He's given us many indicators. He's told us that, that there are going to be some tough times ahead. But he also says, I will give you the strength, the wisdom, the peace that you need to be victorious. Now I want to end with one final thought. Because I chose fighter jets for a reason. You know, I could have said someone invited you to a birthday party. And when you see the cake and the candles and they start singing happy birthday then a clown's going to come out right i could have said that but see i feel that fighter jets better represents what's really going to happen turn with me to revelation let me explain myself turn with me to the book of revelation the book of revelation revelation chapter 19 Revelation chapter 19, starting with verse 11. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. It says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness, listen to this, he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Fighter jets are coming. This God, the creator of the universe, will someday say, enough's enough. It is time to bring an end to sin and death and pain and sorrow once and for all. Get the horses ready. Get the chariots ready. Get my sword, because we are waging war on the one Who tried to overthrow me. We are waging war on the one who's been trying to steal your soul. We are waging war and we are bringing an end to Satan and his evil agencies and his evil angels. We are bringing an end to sin once and for all. The national anthem is playing. The fireworks are going off. People are running out into the field with their flags. We have all the indicators all around us. And soon, and very soon, Jesus will appear and he will say, it's over. Enough's enough. No more pain. No more suffering. And what's kept them away for so long, you remember we talked about it last week, He's not slack concerning his promises. Do you remember this from last week? As some consider slackness. But he wills that no one perish. What has kept him back this long. He will finally just have to say. I've lost him forever. I've lost him. He will have to swallow it and say. Nevermore. Will I get time to spend with them? But to those who have accepted him, he will find joy and say, enter. Enter into the kingdom that I've prepared for you. Enter, come, let's live eternally together. No more sin, no more temptation. And this, the Bible talks about the mysterious act of God when he will bring an end to the wicked." Once and for all. But folks, we serve an awesome, awesome God who promised us that he will come again. And all the indicators around us show us that his return is soon. And we here today have an opportunity to enter into that relationship with him. And by entering into that relationship with him, he will give us the strength and the wisdom that we need to be victorious. Because as he reminds us, greater is he who is in you than is in the world. And he reminds us, be of good cheer because I have already overcome the world. How many of you here today want to enter into that relationship with him? Can you raise your hand if you want to enter into that relationship with him? Not out of fear. Not, not out of fear. Not, not because I'm scared of what's coming. No, 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 no. You want to enter into a relationship with him because of what he has done for you. Because of what he wants to do for you. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church would love to help you along the way. They are a family-oriented, grace-filled church serving the Frederick, Maryland area. You can feel free to learn more about them at fredericksdachurch.org. For more podcasts, you can click on Sermon Audio.